0: Let's turn this morning for a few moments to John chapter 14, John chapter 14, John chapter 14, I'm going to read just the first seven verses this morning, John 14, let not your heart be troubled, Ye believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house are many mansions, If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Now, in this passage and in this entirety of this chapter, uh, Jesus is giving some further instructions or final instructions to his disciples. And they show us that the Lord's words, even in the midst of a difficulty, the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John. We could say is great for various reasons. There's a number of reasons why, but primarily it's great because of who is speaking it. Of course, it's the Lord Jesus Christ's words, and it is some of the final words that he's going to give to his disciples before he goes to the cross. You'll notice that the chapter begins uh, very pointedly. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Now, the reason that Jesus spoke those words, let not your heart be troubled, is because the disciples were troubled. And to be honest, they had every reason in the world to be troubled. Uh, There was trouble coming. Uh, It would be inappropriate for us to say, why did they feel troubled? There wasn't any trouble. There was trouble. Uh, There was trouble on every side. As a matter of fact, even Jesus in John 12, 27, his own words were, now is my soul troubled. So here we see that the disciples are troubled, but Jesus gives them a very directed uh, uh, instruction. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, he had just told them in John chapter 13 of all the things that were going to happen to him. He had just explained to them how he was going to go through this a great suffering and how even through all of this, uh, he wanted them to remain steadfast and sure. And so think about what, we're not going to take the time today to read it, but if you were to read through John 13 again, you could almost see the words of the Lord falling on the ears of these men, and maybe even Peter himself looking very sorrowful at what he's hearing. I mean, he's hearing the news of his Lord's suffering. And so knowing what's being told, knowing that he's going to leave them, knowing that there's trouble on every side, he tells them, believe in God. Now, so you notice there, he does, he does not say you have no reason to be troubled. He doesn't discount it. He doesn't push it away. He doesn't say you have no reason to be troubled. He, but he says, don't let your heart be troubled. And he gives the reasons why. Believe in God believe in God, that's a reference to the Father, and he says, believe also in me, and that's a reference to himself. So he had just told them about these things, and he tells them, believe in God, and if you believe in God, you will believe in me. That's why Jesus goes on to explain, if you would have known me, or if you know me, you know the Father, or if you know the Father, you know me. So first of all, when we see Jesus give this uh, these instructions, um, he is not issuing to them something to consider. Uh, This should be treated as a command. He's issuing a command. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Uh, Notice Jesus doesn't take the passive route. He doesn't say, I know you're troubled, Uh, the world's getting darker, but there's nothing we can do about it, and here's a few things that might help you. That's not the approach Jesus takes at all. He doesn't approach it that way. He says, there are good reasons why you... Must not be troubled, right? So he says, he doesn't say, think about not being troubled. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be discouraged. Don't be despondent, even though I'm going to die. Remember, Jesus had told him, oh, but he's going to die. He's going to leave them. But he says, do not be discouraged or despondent above that. Instead, this is a way he tells them to change your way of thinking. And brethren, that's 90% of our problem. In the Christian life, is the way we think improperly. We don't think properly. We don't think about what we really do have in Christ. We're thinking about the trouble that's all around us. Jesus is not denying that there's trouble, but he's saying, Set your heart on the right thing. Set your heart on me. Set your heart on God. Even though I'm going away, do not let your heart be troubled. He means seize these things with your minds. Seize the reality of what I'm getting ready to tell you. Now he goes on and he tells them in my father's house are many mansions. He begins to give them in verses 1 through 7 really the reason why their heart shouldn't be troubled. That's what these are. The reasons they shouldn't be troubled, look what he says, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Where I am, there ye may be also. When whether I go, ye know the way you know. These are the reasons that Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled because of these promises. Again, most of our problem in the Christian life is not the trouble in the circumstances. Most of our problem is our, we think improperly about it. It's not that we don't have trouble. It's not that we don't have affliction. It's that we need to have our minds reflecting on the right thing. Now, why were they troubled? Well, obviously, this morning we've already seen in verses 2 and 3, Jesus is telling them he's going away. Now, remember, as Jesus was building his ministry with them for those three years, three and a half years, he, he added to it as they could take it. And so he was leading up to this. He had began to speak about his coming death. He had begun to speak about his going away. And his death was still not seated as a part of their normal way of thinking. Uh, Really, what had happened is they had not come to full grips with what was getting ready to happen, even though he had been telling them. Remember, he had been telling them about, about his, his kingdom to come. And remember, they had the promises of the Messiah, and the promises that when the Messiah came, he was going to drive out the Romans, he was going to set up this eternal kingdom. These disciples were still looking for all those things. Now they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but don't lose lose sight of the fact that they also expected him to rule. And they did not expect things to go the way they were going. In John 13, and even into verse 14, chapter 14, he's talking about how he's going to be arrested, how he's going to be taken by the priests and the rulers, he's going to be tried, he's going to be delivered up to death. But then he had told them on the third day, I'm going to rise again. All the disciples heard was not, I'm going to rise again. All they heard is, I'm going to go away. Again, it's the right mindset, it's the right frame of mind. Now imagine as Jesus is seated with them and most believe that this conversation was happening in the upper room. Imagine what he's teaching them as they're sitting up there and teaching these great truths and they're not really hearing everything he's saying because their minds needed to be turned in the right direction. Things were not going the way they thought they wanted them to go or the way they wanted them to go. But yet Jesus says, I want you to see that even in the greatest trouble, even in the greatest trial, you have every reason to be hopeful, right? You have greater reasons to be hopeful than not. And again, when we think about the burden of our life, right, we have far less cause to be troubled in our world today than the disciples had. Now you say, well, that's, that's not a fair assessment. I think it's a very true assessment they had more cause to be troubled than we do. Why? Because Jesus was telling them things that were new. We're reading things that were given years and years ago and we've seen God prove himself faithful that even though Jesus went away, even though Jesus did go to the cross, even though Jesus did raise from the grave, he ascended, he is right there at the right hand of the Father. We have cause to be hopeful. Jesus told them he was going, he had not yet gone. But now we read and we see what had taken place. We have the promise that Jesus had given to his disciples If I go away, it's expedient for you that I go away, because if I do, I will send you a comforter. Well, guess what you and I have this morning? We have that comforter. We have the Holy Spirit of God, the very Holy Spirit that that Jesus promised to send us. So we know He rose from the dead, we know He is with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've even seen his power demonstrated numerous times in our life. Look over church history. Look over the life of Christians throughout centuries. And look how Christ and his saving grace have carried them through the most difficult of struggles. Right? We are supposed to live not as hopeless people. We're supposed to live triumphantly even though we're living in troubled times. Live triumphantly, not in your own strength, not, not, not with your head buried in the sand saying, there's no trouble around me. Look, there is trouble. <laughs> there's trouble on every side. And to tell you otherwise would be a lie. But the problem is, is don't set your mind on the trouble. Set your mind on he who has overcome it, right? And that's why we can live triumphantly even in these troubling times. Now, again, as we kind of conclude this this morning before we pray, think about what Jesus told his disciples and why, why would he tell these group of men not to be troubled? Because he gives them the greater hope. He gives them the greater promises. What was happening that they didn't quite understand? They didn't fully understand his kingdom. They didn't fully understand all that was happening. And it's not, it's not unlike us today When we look out onto the world we look out into society and sometimes you just push yourself back and sit down and you say what is going on in this world we don't know i don't understand why things are happening the way they're happening that's where our minds have got to be set in the right place again part of our troubled times also is because we hope for an outcome and that outcome often isn't what we wanted so we lose hope. We start to struggle because something happens that we were not expecting to happen. Well, guess what? That's life. And I'm not trying to be hold about that, but that's the reality. I mean, think about over your life, how many things you hoped for that did not happen the way you thought they would. See, there is trouble. You know, I'm not going to stand here today, even in this kind of a, a, an environment and say that there's not any trouble. Just look away. There's no trouble. There is. But Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled because you believe in God. Meditate on those promises this week. Even if you just sat all week long and, and meditate on verses one through four, I guarantee you, your heart will be encouraged. So this morning, even before we pray, you know, we're going to pray for people who are going through trouble. We're going to pray for situations around the world. We're going to pray for various things. It's not what is the trouble, right? We already know we have trouble. But how are we going to seek God in the trouble, right? It's, it's not trying to see, can we find a trouble spot? We already know it's there, but how are we dealing with it? And are we dealing with it in the proper manner? Are we doing it according to what the word of God has promised us? So the Lord's instructions here for his disciples and instructions for us this morning is let not your heart be troubled. Amen.